Australia Explained, keeping you on top of all things down under. In this episode of Australia Explained, we break down weather in Australia right now, what's happening and why it's raining so much. Hello everyone, my name is Tanya Ragusa. And I'm Vanessa Di Grazia. And welcome back to another episode of Australia Explained. We'd like to start by acknowledging that we're recording this podcast on the lands of the Wurundjeri people and we pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. So this week, we're looking at weather in Australia right now. And if you're living in Melbourne, we're recording this just after an entire day of rain. It pelted down um, yesterday, despite it being literally the middle of summer. Yeah, and if you were going to describe Aussie culture in a single word, it would probably be sun. I mean, I would say sun. Would you say yeah. sun? Yeah. Yeah, it, it would be sun. Like, we pride ourselves on our hot weather and the idea of our lifestyle. So both stereotypically and in reality revolves around being outdoors, splashing in the water, and just generally enjoying the above average temperatures we experience compared to the rest of the developed world. Um Although we're definitely not the warmest place in the world, especially if you live in Melbourne or (laughs) Tassie or anywhere in the southern parts of Australia and the east, um, sometimes simply an idea is more powerful than a reality. You know, this idea that Australia is this hot country um, where we're all splashing around in the sun all the time. So we're known as a country of tanned surfing beach hoppers. So we are a country of tanned surfing beach hoppers, or we try to be anyway. Yeah, and... You know, Melbourne already lives with the stereotype that our weather is unpredictable, but I think this week's episode comes off the back of many, many conversations that have been happening countrywide during this summer period, and we're sure that some of our listeners have had this question too, is is it even summer right now? Because sometimes it feels <laughs> like it and sometimes it doesn't. And across most of Australia, this summer has seen much colder weather than usual and a lot more rain. So we're going to play weather people today. I like how we're sort of diversifying our episodes. We've gone from politics to history to a bit of ecology a few weeks ago. Now we're getting into (laughs) more geography and weather. Um, And we're going to run through what the deal is with this summer and with Australia's changing climate in general. So some of it might feel like the repeat of that year nine geography class, your older self who didn't listen back when you were 15 desperately need right now. So stay tuned for this one. I definitely needed it myself. I couldn't remember any of this stuff, but surely I did learn it in high school. Surely, but that's why we're here, to refresh your memories. Exactly. Okay, so Vanessa, what is going on this summer? So we're going to begin by saying that all of the weather statistics that we're using in this episode come straight from the Bureau Bureau of Meteorology, otherwise affectionately known as BOM. And BOM. BOM. Um, this might come off a little biased, and I actually don't know what weather app you use, Tanya, but if you do not use the BOM weather app, please go sort your life out immediately because there's nothing cringier to me than when I ask someone the weather and they use like Apple weather or some random app. And BOM is the only government verified weather source. They run all the weather towers across Australia. They are the only app that will give you the accurate information. BOM, if you want to sponsor us, we're obviously fans. I mean, I'm a fan. Do you use BOM? I 100% use BOM for everything Even if I'm planning an event and I want to check out the weather in the lead up to the event, bomb seven day forecast. 
if I'm at an event and I'm like, is it gonna rain? Bomb rain ra- rain radar on my phone straight away. We love bomb. <laughs> bomb is <Yeah>. so good. <laughs> and 2020 in general was Australia's fourth warmest year on record, as well as being um, more wet than average. And although the year was wetter on average, most months were drier than average. So it was more wet, but most of the months were still dry. So this means that it was actually just raining harder for short periods of time or what we are now starting to call um, increasingly extreme weather patterns. So, you know, periods of the year where what was pretty dry and then all of a sudden we just get buckets of rain in a short period of time. Yeah, it definitely sounds, does not sound good if we're breaking records for being both dry and wet at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, if we're talking summer, so 2020 was the fourth warmest year on record, but this whole warm story changes because most of Australia has experienced colder temperatures this summer so far. So if we're going to pause to set out the seasons in case some of you may have forgotten or in different parts of Australia. So in most of Australia, summer is December to February, whereas the most northern parts of the country, so that includes Darwin and Cairns in terms of cities, um, experience a tropical wet season from November to April. So in Sydney, Adelaide, Hobart and Darwin, and also in Melbourne, um, temperatures were below average in December. So only Perth and Brisbane experienced like normal temperatures for December. Yeah. And in Melbourne specifically, temperatures were around one degree below the December average, which is quite a big number when we're talking about temperature. Rainfall across the whole country is also higher than average so far. So if you're in Brisbane lamenting to your friends about the rain, or if you're in Melbourne having a sook about wearing a jumper in January, um, you're not going crazy. It's actually colder and wetter than usual. But the question that we're trying to answer in today's episode is why? Before we continue, it's important to break down the weather systems that affect the climate in Australia. Yeah, so the world is a whole system of complex weather systems and especially being surrounded by ocean, uh, Australia is affected by a whole bunch of different systems. So firstly, um, we've got the fact that there's a literal continent of ice that exists 7,000 kilometres below us, um, which some people call Antarctica. Antarctica is huge. It's around double the size of Australia and the temperature there blows over to us in a system of winds called the Southern Annular Mode. So over spring, there was an unusually cold polar wind vortex um, full of air down in Antarctica, which means that the system of winds bring cooler temperatures and heaps of rain to Australia over December. Um, But it's starting to have less of an impact now. Antarctica's weather affects Australia because, you know, it's literally spread at the bottom of the whole continent. So we're closely linked to Antarctica's weather systems as well. So many cool words in this episode. I know. Polar vortex. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Secondly, we've got the also very excitingly named El Niño-La Niña weather circulation pattern. So this exists in the Pacific Ocean, so to the east of Australia. And when this weather pattern's neutral, it basically consists of air traveling across the Pacific Ocean, then rising when it gets to Indonesia. So this air then heads back across this ocean before descending upon Central America. So completing a little cycle. And that's Mm -hmm. what it usually does. 
So whenever it's doing this usual system, like it's super chill, no odd weather, we stick to the normal summer, wet season, whatever we usually enjoy in our little part of the Pacific. And when it gets to La Niña, I love that little Spanish, La, La Niña, um, which means the little girl in English, fun fact, things get quite intense. So during La Niña, the air is drawn more strongly across the Pacific. So there is more moist rising air on the Australian side of the Pacific, leading to those more rainy conditions over the east coast of Australia. And when it's El Niño, which you may have guessed means the little boy, things weaken. And I kind of like how like the girl one is the strong one and the boy one is the mm. weak one. You know, We're reversing the, the stereotype on feminine roles. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when it's in El Niño, the air doesn't actually get pushed all the way across the Pacific. It kind of gets stuck over it and drifts around. So instead of air lifting up off Australia, it descends down and it gives us really warm, dry weather. And for the eastern part of Australia, that is near the Pacific Ocean, El Niño generally leads to drier and hotter conditions, while La Niña usually leads to cooler and wetter conditions. So as you can probably guess by our weather patterns at the moment, we are smack bang in the peak of a La Niña impact. And apparently it's one of the strongest ones in a fair few years. Yeah, the little girl's giving us lots of cold and rain. <laughs> um, there's also another weather pattern worth mentioning, and that's the Madden-Julian oscillation. I was trying to pronounce that word. I think that's what it is. Um, we'll call it MJO for short because I don't want to have to say that ever again. So MJO holds this relevance in northern Australia, near the equator where they have wet and dry seasons. So like I said, Darwin and Cairns. And it's basically this eastward-moving pulse of cloud and rainfall that exists near the equator and it circles the world the world like every one to two months so picture just this whole bunch of cloud and rain circling the equator all of the countries along the equator um, so it brings heaps of rainfall and it often brings tropical cyclones and monsoons as well so unsurprisingly it's currently sitting right near australia over indonesia and malaysia and it's a definitely a huge contributor to the summer rain um, that queensland and northern territory is experiencing at the moment yeah, so these three weather systems we have to thank for our drearier than average summer. So we have that cold pocket that drifts over the Antarctica at the moment, over spring. We've got La Nina trading all our warm air back over the Pacific Ocean for a bunch of rain. And then we have the MJO dropping its clouds and rainfall all along the northern side of the continent. I feel like a bit of a weather woman right now. I'm living out my Jane Bunn <laughs> dreams, you know. Back to you, Vanessa. Bye. Jane Bunn, I love that. Um, we're also going to include a little diagram of these weather patterns on the Instagram if you can't exactly picture where they all are working. Um, just a little visual reference. Yeah, we've got you covered. So the topic of this summer's weather is a good segue into a little lesson on where Australia's climate is heading more in general. So weather conversation is usually referred to as a bit of a joke, you know, Sometimes we just talk about it in a bit of hearsay. You often hear people say summer comes later nowadays or the seasons don't even exist anymore. You know, this weather is just so random. Or um, I think a quite telling one is summer never used to be like this. You might hear a few people say. Um, but I guess I'm asking you, Vanessa, how much truth is there to these statements? Yeah, this is something I was really interested to find out myself because I feel like I remember summer being very different to the way it is now so it's good to actually look at the statistics and try to sort your way through nostalgia and memories and find the actual facts um, in Australia Explained style. 
So we'll begin at looking at the last couple years of weather. So 2019 was the warmest year on record ever in Australian history. And we've been recording weather since 1901, in a, like properly. Um, so the summer temperature across the country was 1.88 degrees warmer on average, which is really, really huge. Huge. Yeah, it's a big number. Like It's a, it's yeah. a small number, but a big number in this context. Um, and it was also the driest year ever. So the national rainfall total was 37 millimetres below the previous recorded driest year, which was in 1902. So, like, not to use the word unprecedented, but, like, super unprecedented. Yeah, that's um, a 10% and, drop in rainfall. Yeah, compared to the second driest year. So it yeah. was very, very dry. And considering 2018 was also amongst one of the driest and hottest years, it's no surprise that weather-wise, um, bushfires found the perfect conditions to spread across the continent. We obviously all remember the 2019-2020 Black Summer bushfires that travelled so much of the East Coast. And this was actually in part because of that wind pattern from Antarctica that we spoke about earlier. So it literally broke down in spring instead of sending cool air like it usually does, like it has in a, in a big way this year. It literally completely broke down and it sent some really strange winds that reduced rainfall and heated things up. So we didn't have that cold Antarctic air to help us pull through the summer. Yeah, and another not-so-fun fact, on 14th of January in 2020, Victoria had the worst air quality in the world as smoke from the East Gippsland spires fires spread and I have very distinct memories from that day I was actually completing a summer school program and we had to ban all the kids that were with us from doing any sort of outdoor activities because we couldn't risk um, having them exposed to that air quality yeah I remember that day driving into the Melbourne CBD and being only five minutes outside the CBD and I could not see the skyline like it was just completely yeah completely faded it was so strange it was it was a really scary time for a lot of us and amidst amidst all that dryness 2019 also included significant flooding across queensland and the eastern top end of australia which it's so contradictory we have these bushfires and this dryness but we also have this flooding it's, it's it was quite hard to keep up with um and heavy rain fell from january into early february with very damaging floods across townsville and parts of the western peninsula and gulf country tropical cyclone trevor brought further heavy rainfall in april in the eastern northern territory and queensland And these weather patterns that affect Australia's climate, the ones in Antarctica, Pacific, the Indian Ocean, are slowly becoming more extreme as climate change takes its hold. And this is the sense when people say climate change is going to bring natural disasters, all these stuff. It's because of these types of weather patterns changing. So, for example, in Antarctica, ice is melting six times faster than it was in the 90s. Big statistic. And this means that the southern annular mode, that system of um, winds, Um, will generally be warmer. So we can expect Antarctic weather to produce more and more years like 2018 and 2019 with really warm, windy, dry weather without that cool break from Antarctica coming. Which is obviously quite concerning. And in terms of that El Niño-La Niña weather pattern, studies have shown that global warming is making El Niño period, so that's the dry, hot period, uh, much longer and stronger, whereas... You know, El Nino, El Nino and La Nina are supposed to swap with each other every now and then to keep the weather stable. El Nino is taking over for longer periods of time now and not letting La Nina give us all that cool air and rain that we need. 
Yeah, and the most destructive weather force of the three is definitely the MJO, seeing as it's the one that directly causes cyclones and monsoons and indirectly affects plenty of other natural phenomena. Um, So as the planet warms, there will be way more moisture in the clouds of the MJO, meaning there'll be more rain and more extreme weather. And in the words of Bomb, our love, themselves, climate change continues to cause long-term changes to Australia's climate. There are trends of declining rainfall in parts of the south, worsening fire seasons and rising temperatures. So what does the next couple of months and the rest of 2021 look like for weather then? Okay, so now we're really going to put on our weather reporter boots and talk forecasting Come on, for Jane. the next couple of months. Here I am. It's Jane. Um, so bad news, unfortunately. The rain is set to continue slightly across the whole east coast of Australia, but especially in Queensland, where it will probably be wet and possibly even with some tropical storms up until April-ish. Um, good news, though, it will get warm, hopefully. Um, basically, once La Nina calms down and leaves us alone, we're finally going to get our summer. So I guess better late than never. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And all in all, we should note that this cold weather is an outlier in what is rising temperatures. And we should mm-hmm. also remember to be really grateful for the rain. So aside from the spat of fires in the Adelaide Hills last week, we've enjoyed a basically non-existent bushfire season this year. And for everybody who remembers the tragedies of last year, that's a massive achievement. Yeah, and I think that's really important to note that these little pockets of rain and, you know, cold summers are an outlier because um, many people will use that to deny climate change, uh, whereas climate is calculated over a longer period of time. It's not just your weather, your daily weather averages. It's more of a long-term trend that we're looking at when we when we speak about climate change. For sure, and it's the extremities of that weather, e.g. this summer having so much rain, that proves climate change even more because it's that's what it is extreme weather either way yeah and climate change does it includes global warming but that's not all we're talking about as well yes we've got rising temperatures worldwide but climate change is literally that changes in our weather patterns and like you said more extreme events um so it's quite frustrating on a superficial level that you know we have this cold summer and it's quite eye-opening on a climate change level that the this increase in temperature doesn't really equate to more nice sunny days at the beach it just means more extreme weather you know those weeks of dry heat waves and then fires followed by cold downpours or flooding yeah it's like if if we're gonna have global warming and we don't even get to go to the beach out of it that's a bit disappointing (laughs) (laughs) that's on that superficial level that we just mentioned Tom. superficial yeah yeah everyone's a bit superficial sometimes um (laughs) it's a sober a sobering reminder that climate change is going to affect the way we live our lives in so many little ways and the dwindling amount of days in the holiday period that have temperatures between wearing trackies and carrying an umbrella and it being so hot that you have to stay inside next to a whirling fan may be one of the first big changes that aussies actually notice Okay, and now it's time for our recommendations so our listeners can learn a little bit more about the issue. Vanessa, what have you got for us today? This is the only time you will ever hear me recommend something from Sky News. <laughs> so it's a video. <laughs> I'm curious, why did you why did you choose this then if it is from Sky News? It must no, actually be true. I was looking 
when I was researching this and um, trying to put into context like what one degree or 1.88 degrees warmer means, I was looking at videos and, and content about like the planet getting warmer by one degree, two degrees, etc. And I watched this video and I really liked it. And then I saw it was from Sky News. And I thought, Vanessa, if you really like the video, you should still propose it. It's actually really good that Sky News is showing this climate content. So, you know, I'm flexible. <laughs> Yeah. So it's a video on what happens when the planet gets just two degrees warmer. And it's just, it's a short video. It's two minutes. But it's just um, a little eye-opener of just how a small number can make such a huge difference. Yeah, that's quite surprising seeing as Murdoch has very publicly denied climate change that Sky News is creating content like this. But hey, trying to be as balanced in the media atmosphere as we can. Um, since we love bomb so much we love bomb um i'm providing a link to their predictions for australian climate between february and may this year um which basically confirms everything we've already said about the the about a wet rest of summer and then a much later summer possibly coming in around april there's also a few maps you can check out about rainfall and temperatures and also a few dot points as to what exactly will be influencing our weather so there is talk about el nino um, La Nina and things like that in there as well. Yeah, it's good to go through the bomb website actually, especially if you're someone that believes in climate change that might be faced with climate deniers every now and then to understand how these weather patterns work, how climate works, how global warming works, um, arms you with the tools to be able to educate other people rather than just saying, no, climate change is real and you're wrong and that's it. So hopefully this episode and will be a segue to um, that kind of investigation. And that's the whole premise of Australia Explained. So that's it from us today. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed it. I love a bit of a geography episode. Um, Let us know what you think as well. We're always interested to hear your thoughts. And in the meantime, follow us for more short, sweet and simple Aussie content on Instagram at Australia Explained Pod. As always, all the info is in the show notes for you to check out. See you next week. Bye. Bye.